watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. You know, I've, I've always found it interesting that the angels told the shepherds um, and they then, of course, repeated what they'd heard to Mary and Joseph in the stable, and their news was that a Savior had been born. It, it was the first time this title was given to Jesus, that he was the Savior, Christ the Lord. Uh, it had been, you know, that Mary had visited Elizabeth, her cousin, and um, before Jesus was born, and as she came into Elizabeth's presence, you'll read about it in Luke 143, um, she now found that the baby in her own womb, John that she was carrying, leapt for joy, and she said that her Lord, the Lord Jesus, was in the womb of Mary, and she named Jesus the Lord. And then there was a priest, a priest named Simeon, who worked in the temple, and um, it was that as he came to circumcise Jesus, um, it was that now as he took the babe in his arms, it was that he now gives Jesus another title and he calls him Christ. He says, the Christ, I have lived to see the Christ born. And, and what he was saying there was the king because the word Christ means king. So Elizabeth pronounces and introduces Jesus as the Lord, our Lord, our leader, our commander, the one who we surrender our lives to. Simeon introduces him as our king, the one that we bow to, the one that we honor above all others. But to the shepherds, their great news of great joy as they come before us and they tell us that Jesus came to be our Savior. And I want to zero in on that word Savior today. I want to see the great joy that was brought by the shepherds because the angels announced to the shepherds the joy. The angels said to them, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy 
which shall be to all people. You know, I remember one December, many, many years ago, I was asked to deliver some money to a a dear lady in the church, a widow lady in the church, very, very poor. And, um, and so I got this beautiful pon- uh, pontentia, say that word for me, poinsettia. <laughs> I got this beautiful poinsettia and took the money to her home. And um, when I got there, I rang the doorbell and no one came to the door. And I knocked the door, no one came to the door. I went round to the back and I knocked on the back door as well and no one came. And so I just had to leave. I couldn't uh, see anyone there. There was no one there, it seemed. Well, the next Sunday at church, the lady was there and I explained that I'd come to see her in the week. And she said to me, well, what day was that? And I said, well, it was on Thursday. And she said, what time did you come? And I said, well, it was around noontime. And she said to me, oh dear, I I was in, Pastor. And I heard the doorbell and I heard the knock on the door. But I felt that you were the rent collector. And so I hid in my bedroom and I didn't, because I didn't have the money to pay the rent. And you know, I wonder how many people don't respond to Jesus as he knocks on the door of their heart because they are convinced he's calling with some demand that they are not going to be able to meet. That they have this notion about Jesus that if I open the door of my life to him, he's going to make demands on me that I can never meet. See, this lady was afraid that the knock on the door was a demand for the rent that she did not have, when in fact I was bringing her enough money that would have paid three months' rent. You know, um, many people feel that the knock on their heart's door by Jesus, it means that now they have to shape up. That when Jesus knocks on their heart's door, that now they have to get their lives in order. And they feel they can't do that, so they hide from him. They keep their lives away from him. And so the coming of Jesus to them this Christmas is thought to be bad news because of the reason that they feel that they can't get their lives in order. They can't shape up enough. They can't get to where they need to be in order to meet the Savior. And so they shut their hearts to him. So let me put in a nutshell what I want you to take from this morning's service. It's this, friends. When Jesus comes to our hearts, he doesn't come to demand the rent. He comes to pay the bill. Amen. Hey, let me, let me say that again. He doesn't come to demand the rent. He comes to pay the bill. And the whole reason Jesus came into our world that first Christmas, he came, friends, to pay to God what we owe God and that we could never pay for ourselves. That's the reason he came. He came to pay the bill. He came to pay what we could never pay. He came now to meet us at our point of need. And he comes today to your heart and to my heart, not as a lord and a ruler or a boss. He comes today as your savior. He is the one that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. 
He is a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. The Apostle John, he said in John chapter 3 and verse 17, the verse before the famous verse 16, for God so loved the world, you remember verse 16, but verse 17 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It is that he has come to be the Savior. And this is good news of great joy, friends. It is absolutely fantastic news this morning that Jesus has come to pay what we could never pay. When you know the one knocking at the door of your heart, and you know that he is carrying something that you need, and not to demand or make demands on you, your response to him will be totally different. Your response to him will be more open. It's good news of great joy because it's good news of a savior. It's a good news because a savior is exactly what we all need this morning. You all need, we all need a savior. Think about it. Think about it this way. If we had the means to give to God what he needs, we would never have needed a savior. But the fact is, we need a Savior because we haven't got what it takes. We haven't got what it takes to match up and to meet what, what, what we feel God desires of us. We have not got it. And that is the whole reason that God sent Jesus. Because I want you to know that Jesus matches up. He's the one that can meet the need. And he stands in your place and says, I want to be your Savior. See, if we'd lived the life that he wanted us to live. Or if we had what it takes to, from today, begin living the life that he wants us to live, none of us would need a savior. If there was anything within us that now we could begin living a life that would please God, if there was anything within us that would cause us to now live a life that now we feel that we match up and that we get to the place where God wants us to be, we would not need a savior. But the fact is today, friends, that in the place, uh, we're in the place that this lady was, uh, that the fact was that now we can't answer the door to him because we feel we owe a debt that we cannot pay. And so we close the hearts of our, our lives uh, and we shut God out because we feel we're not meeting up. When all the time, the fact is that he says, I've come to pay what you can't pay. I am your savior. The story of the shepherds was that when the angel comes, it says that the glory of the Lord was all around them. So immediately the shepherds find themselves now in the presence of God. That's what the glory of the Lord was. They were now in the presence of Almighty God. So what happens? Do the, do the shepherds now fling their arms in the air and begin rejoicing and shouting glory to God? No, friends. The fact is it says they were terrified. That's what the scripture says. They were terrified. They knew. They knew that they didn't match up to the God of the Bible that they knew. They knew that they didn't match up to what the scriptures that they read for many years had laid out before them. They knew that they weren't ready to appear before God. 
The fact was when God came, it was a total surprise to them when the presence of God came by the angels being there and the glory of God was all around them. It took them by surprise and they were terrified because they were not ready. They were not ready to be in the presence of God. The Bible says that we're all going to have to appear in the presence of God one day. Every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that he is God and he is Lord. It also says this, it's a fearful thing to stand before God still carrying your sin. It is a fearful thing to come into the presence of God knowing that you're carrying your sin. And that's when we need a saviour, friends. And this is the great news of great joy this Christmas. A saviour has come. A saviour has come. Someone who now makes a way for us to be able to stand in the presence of God. A saviour has come. Can I tell you something, friends? In times like these, we need a (laughs) saviour. Oh yeah, we need a saviour. And we need him every day. When you realize how far away from God you are, when you find out that you're looking at your life and you lived your life as if God didn't exist and you're keeping God at a distance and you're now so taken up with stuff that now God is at a distance to you and, and we live some of our lives, in fact, as if God didn't exist. When you realize how much you owe him, I want to tell you the thought of coming into his presence and why many people won't come to church on a Sunday is that they're terrified of the presence of God because they know how they live in their lives and how that every other day of the week they're living as if he doesn't exist and they're doing their own stuff and own thing and they're terrified about coming into the presence of God. Presence of God and the thought of standing in front of him. You will realize how much you need a saviour. Now notice the angels told the shepherd that the good news of great joy is to all people. Luke chapter 2 verse 9, it's to all people. And in a nutshell, I want to say that this great news, friends, is news of great joy to shepherds and kings. And you ought to rejoice over that. You know, the Christmas story, we sentimentalize the shepherds. The fact is that the shepherds were distrusted people. The shepherds, uh, even to the extent uh, that um, in their profession, if they were known as shepherds in their day and generation, they weren't allowed to appear in court to represent anyone or to give witness or evidence because the word of a shepherd could never be trusted. It was a known fact in that day and age. Their profession was such that shepherds were known as storytellers but never telling the truth. If it was that you were repeating a story and you said, well, and and someone said to you, well, who told you that? And, And you say, well, a shepherd told me. They would smirk and say, well, you'll have to take that with a pinch of salt. If it comes from a shepherd, you can't trust the word of a shepherd. You see, as far as their profession was concerned, they were at the bottom of the pile. As far as their employment was concerned, it was considered the lowest of the low. But what does God do? God sends the angel to the shepherds 
And after that, the shepherds go to Mary and Joseph, and now they become the first to hear about the Savior. It was that God chose the bottom of the pile in order to now bring the news that his Savior had come, that the Savior had been born. I love it. But not only to shepherds, but to kings too. Those who are at the top of the pile. Those who are known for wisdom and education and wealth. So much so that they bring a solid gold gift to Jesus. Not everybody could do that in that day. But for all their learning and all their wisdom and all their wealth, these kings needed a a savior as much as the shepherds did. These kings needed Jesus as much as ever the shepherds did. And that's why the shepherd said, the joy is to all people. Every level of society, every level of wealth and wisdom. Great joy to all people. You know what that means, friends? I don't know where you get excited about that, but it means that I'm included and you're included and no one's left out. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from or what's happened. You are included in this great news of great joy. And and notice what the shepherds do. As soon as they get the news, the shepherds share the joy. It says in verse 17, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning the Christ. See, this is the fact of knowing the Savior. If you know the Savior, once you experience the joy of salvation, once you experience the joy of Jesus, you want to share the joy with as many people as you can share it with. Seems amazing, doesn't it, that God chose shepherds whose words couldn't be trusted to be the first people to be sent out to share the news of the Savior with others. Listen, friends, God does things like that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.27, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. So don't ever say that you don't have what it takes to be able to tell people about the Savior. Don't ever get to the place where you say, I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not wealthy enough to be used by Jesus. Don't ever get to say, why would people want to listen to me? Why would people want to hear my story? Hey, friends, God trusts his word to shepherds and to kings. And to kings too. See, there are those here who have been blessed with great success. You're well-educated. You're blessed with great leadership skills. Maybe some that are blessed with great wealth. And God has blessed you in that way so that it would be that you can share the joy with people that others can never talk to. That you can touch and reach people that others can never reach to. It brings a great responsibility when you have success and when you have wealth and when you have a a, a wisdom and understanding and leadership skills. It is that now you have a responsibility to share the joy where others can't share it, whether it be in the city, in the nation, or the world. 
because it's good news of great joy to all people. No one is left out. It's to all people. Now notice the people's response to the news of great joy. It says in verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. See, it is that people wondered, really, can this be true, that God loves me so much that he saw my need of a savior. He saw my poverty in the face of God. He saw me in such a destitute place that he would now send his own son to be my savior. They pondered that. They wondered about that. See, friends, if it's, if it's true, if it's true that we owed God so much that we could never pay, and now that God sends his own son to pay what we couldn't pay, it's got to be the greatest news in all the world. It's the greatest news that the world has ever heard. Can I kindly say that some have heard that story for so long, you've lost the wonder of it. It really is the greatest news this world has ever received. See, if you're here for the first time this morning, we're thrilled that you're here. I want to tell you that you're surrounded by people who have been proven that this Savior has come. You're surrounded by people who have experienced the wonder of Jesus. You're experienced by, surrounded by people who have known what it is to be poverty-stricken, having nothing that they could present to God to say that they were good enough, having nothing that they could present to God to say, we, we deserve to stand in your presence and we deserve a place in heaven. No, friends, we were bankrupt. We had nothing. And we came to this Savior and this Savior made a way for us to come into the presence of God. It's all Jesus. It's nothing but Jesus. He's the great I am, friends. And he's made a way for us to come to God. You're surrounded by people who know the joy that the Savior has come. They know the great joy of this Savior, not only being a part of their Christmas, but being a part of their everyday life. That it is the joy that they have. It's not just something that happens once a year in December. No, friends, it's something that's with us every day of our lives. I don't know about you, friends, but I'm bankrupt every day. I haven't got all that it takes to stand before God any day. I have to stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have to stand in the righteousness of the Savior who came and saved me and is saving me every day. Christ the Lord. See, you are surrounded by people who know that it could be your joy this morning. If you've never met this Savior, if you've never opened your heart's door, if it has been that you feel, I owe too much, I could never come into the presence of God by the way I've lived my life. I could never come into the presence of God because the way that I've kept him at a distance. I want to tell you, friends, that God is knocking at your heart's door and he's saying, I've not come for the rent, I've come to pay the bill. And Jesus has paid the bill. Now notice that Mary treasured these things in her heart. 
She moved from a place of wondering to a place of treasuring. Mary had weighed everything. She had wondered about what does this all mean to me. She thought about what does it mean in the whole area of my life. And friends, you need to do the same as well. You say, if the Savior has come, what does that mean to me? See, you need a Savior this morning. And Jesus is the Savior you need. You need a Savior that will bring you great joy. You, you need a Savior this morning who will be all that you need when you stand before God one day when you go from this life into eternity. You need a Savior that's going to make a way right into the presence of God. You need a Savior that today will put your heart at peace that when you stand before God, you can stand knowing that your life is right with God. Savior who will say on that day when you stand before God, it's okay, Father, I paid the price for, and he'll mention your name. I paid the price for John King. I paid the price, and you can let him in. He's one of our children. He's one of our family here. The one who will bring you great joy in the midst of the worst circumstances of life. Oh, I tell you, friends, there are people in this place going through terrifically difficult circumstances. But deep down in their hearts, they have a Savior. Deep down in their hearts, they have great joy. Sit in the balcony this morning is Robert Finley, who did the funeral service yesterday for his dad. But I heard it was great joy. Because, you know, Leo Finley, this past week, he, he did not die, he went to heaven. <laughs> That's what happened, he went to heaven. And in the worst of circumstances, there is great joy. It, it can be that joy can be the foundation of your life in the saddest moments of your life. He is the one that can bring you, bring you great joy because our sins and our failures are no longer the weight that we are carrying because Jesus has taken them from us. And he says, I'm paying the bill. I'm going to carry the Lord. I'm going to pay the debt. And we have great joy. A Savior who will bring us great, great joy because we've been forgiven. A Savior who brings us great joy because I'm rescued from sin and from death. No wonder it says in verse 20, it says here, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Notice, notice that it says that they're no longer fearing now. They are filled with joy and praise. Oh, I, I love this, friends. Think of it. That night, which started with lost sinners fearing, ended up that night with saved sinners praising. The fact was that their night had been turned into day, that it was that their sadness had been turned into joy. It was that their debt had been paid. They were now able to stand before God and know that they were free from their sin and that nothing could stop them going to heaven. Their life was right because of the Savior. 
So I'd ask you this morning, in this high-pressured Christmas time, in this time where maybe even in the service you've been marking off your shopping list on your phone, or maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're concerned that you haven't got the money for Christmas and all sorts of pressures have come in. I, I, I want to ask you this morning, have you ever received the joy of the Savior coming into your life? Oh, friends, this can be the greatest Christmas you've ever had. When it is that you receive the joy this morning of the Savior saying, I've not come with any demands I've not come for the rent, I've come to pay the bill. And God opening his life to you and opening an opportunity for you to have eternal life. I want to ask you this morning, if you, wherever you are, under the balcony, down through the congregation, if you will accept the Savior. And let me ask you this, how many are here this morning and, and it is that all this stuff is not new news to you, you know about the Savior but you've been living your life as if you're under debt again. You've been living your life as if you're under the pressure again. You feel that you can't lift your head up to God because of the things that you've been doing or saying or allowing to invade your joy. You need to come back to the Savior. You need to come back to see that it's not about you, it's about Him. You need to come back to the fact that God saw our need and He sent Jesus to meet our need. You need to come back to the fact that he's not expecting you to struggle and strive to live the life. He's expecting you to rest in the fact that he is your savior, and that he's got your life planned out, and that he's going to take you in the way that he wants you to go. You need to come back to him. So I ask you this morning, have you lost your joy? You lost the joy of the savior, now being a part of your everyday life. You know, there came a moment when Mary had to accept the fact she was the earthly vessel used to bring the Savior of the world in. Changed her life forever. It was that the shepherds could never be the same after they received this news of great joy. In fact, they said they went back to the city and told everyone who they could tell about the news of great joy. The Savior has come. Friends, this morning, your life will never be the same. When you say, Jesus, I've struggled in my strength. I've tried to do it my own way. I, I, I've tried to live the life. I've tried, I've tried. And now, Jesus, all I can do is surrender my life to you. And you are my Savior. Will you say that to him right now? You are Oh, now I want you to say it a little louder because I feel that some of you got to drop it from your head to your heart again, that it's got to come back to this place where the struggle has ceased and where you are now surrendering to him. And you're saying, here I am, Lord, everything that I am, I'm giving to you. You are my Savior. Come on, one, two, three. You. Oh, yes, I've been resting my life in your hands. I'm giving it all to you my debt I couldn't pay you paid to God what I could never pay to God by your death on the cross you paid the price for me to have eternal life and Jesus you are 
my Savior. I'm going to ask those here this morning that say, John, this is not new news, but it's new news to me this morning. You say, I'm coming back to the joy of my Savior. I want you to stand where you are right now and admit, say, Lord, I'm coming back to the joy of my Savior. I'm coming back to the one who has paid the debt and I'm giving up on the struggle. I'm giving up on the striving. I'm surrendering it to Jesus. I'm going to trust him with the rest of my life. I'm going to keep coming back to the Savior. I'm going to keep coming back when the devil tells me I'm not good enough, when the devil beats up on me, when the devil just comes and plays with my mind. And and let me tell you something, friends. The devil's voice sounds a lot like your voice. And when you're thinking, you'll think it's you saying things like that. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. You owe too much. When in fact, that's the devil talking to you. God wants you to know that he's paid the price in his son on the cross. The bill's been paid this morning, friends. The bill's been paid. We have a savior. His name is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are standing right now. Just reach your hands up to him. And know that he's reaching out to you. He knows you inside out. He knows everything that there is to know about him. He can't hide a thing. But he's saying, I want you to come. I want you to know that I am your Savior. I'm not expecting anything of you. I'm not beating up on you. I'm not coming to rub your nose in the dirt. I'm coming to tell you that you are forgiven. And as you raise your hands to him this morning, he is saying to you, you are forgiven. He is saying, this is a brand new day and a brand new start, a brand new beginning. You are my child and you're part of the family of God. Oh God, I just believe that there are those who have listened to the devil's voice more than to your voice. You've never changed your mind about them. You've never stopped loving them. You've never said that you now are giving them back the debt to be paid. You've never told them they've got to pay their own rent. Oh God, I thank you that you are the one that's still paying our rent. We thank you that you are the one that stands before the Father on our behalf and you intercede for us. Oh God, we love you this morning. We thank you that you are our Savior. It is news of great joy receiving this morning. Now you are standing on your feet. I want you in your own words right now to just tell the Lord, I'm coming to you as my Savior. Just tell him right now, Jesus, I've wandered away and I let the devil lie to me. And I've gone away from my assurance that you are my Savior. But this morning I'm coming back to you as my Savior. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he loves you, too. Oh, yes. Let's all stand, friends, in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. How many are thanking God for the Savior this morning? You are my Savior. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Father, I pray that every...
every one of us will have the joy this Christmas of knowing you as our Savior and living every day with you as our Savior as we step into the future. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will cancel out all the lies of the enemy and that we will rejoice in our salvation because we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hey friends, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels again and I want you to sing it with everything you've got. It says a Savior has come and we have great joy. God bless you.